My name is Dr. Joshua Knapp. I'm a board-certified clinical psychologist and 21st century Christ follower. Early in life, I experienced overwhelming psychological suffering, which led me down a path of wandering away from the Christian faith in my adolescent years, reminiscent of the lost son in Luke's gospel, returning to my Christian heritage in my early 20s, my own psychotherapy in my mid-20s, and ultimately a life committed to understanding and pursuing psychological and spiritual health as I now head into the middle years of my life. Please join me as we devote each week to better understanding secular and Christian perspectives on mental health and the intersection between psychology and Christianity. Then engage in a 10-minute practice to conclude each episode drawing upon Christian meditation, prayer, and contemplation. Above all else, my aim in this podcast is to journey with fellow Christ followers, as well as those who are curious about the rich heritage of Christian psychological and spiritual insights into the human condition, doing so with humility and curiosity as we strive to cultivate Christ-likeness in all we do. Hi, I'm Dr. Joshua Nab, and welcome to the 42nd episode of The Christian Psychologist. In this episode, I'd like to talk about a topic that is quite popular and influential in the 21st century psychology literature, mindset. In fact, it has made a sizable impact in public education of all places, given it as the power to restore hope when hope has been lost and encourage perseverance when discouragement sets in. So to start, I'd like to ask a few opening questions. What is mindset? Are there different types, such as a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? Are some types of mindset more helpful than others in cultivating and maintaining mental health? How about spiritual health? What are the ingredients of these different types of mindsets, assuming there is more than one? What happens when we as humans struggle with a certain type of mindset as we approach the challenges of life that are inevitable? What techniques can be used to improve our mindset? That is, to shift from a fixed to a growth mindset. What, if anything, does the Bible have to say about the topic of mindset? And lastly, what might classic Christian spiritual writings say about mindset, if anything? And how can we practice pivoting from a fixed to a growth mindset in the context of the Christian life? So to get us started with a few opening quotes before turning to a personal story, then a review of mindset in psychology and Christianity, the psychologist Carol Dweck is quoted as saying, quote, you try something, it doesn't work, and maybe people even criticize you. In a fixed mindset, you say, I try this, it's over. In a growth mindset, you look for what you've learned. So again, in a fixed mindset, we might say, I tried this, it's over. Whereas a growth mindset involves saying something like, what have I learned? Carol Carol Dweck also said, quote, no matter what your ability is, effort is what ignites that ability and turns it into accomplishment. To offer one last quote from Carol Dweck, she powerfully declared, quote, Why waste time proving over and over how great you are when you could be getting better? Why hide deficiencies instead of overcoming them? Why look for friends or partners who will just shore up your self-esteem instead of ones who will also challenge you to grow? 
And why seek out the tried and true instead of experiences that will stretch you? The passion for stretching yourself and sticking to it, even or especially when it's not going well, is the hallmark of the growth mindset. This is the mindset that allows people to thrive during some of the most challenging times in their lives. End quote. Turning to the Christian tradition more generally and the Bible more specifically, we read in Romans in the New Testament, quote, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out onto our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In addition, in James, we read, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because, having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. We also read in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we are to have the mind of Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we learn that, quote, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So as these quotes reveal across secular psychology and Christianity, our mindset or attitude toward adversity is key, especially when we focus on the growth that can occur when we face life's inevitable challenges, trials, and controversies in a fallen, broken world. For Christians, in fact, who we travel with Seeing ourselves as alone or with God is also key, with Jesus paving the way for us to learn from him, emulate him, and walk with him on the treacherous roads of life, filled with no shortage of obstacles. As the writer of Hebrews says, Jesus empathizes with our weaknesses. As the great high priest. Before turning to the secular psychology literature on mindset, I'd like to tell a quick personal story. I can still remember the day. In graduate school, I had just submitted one of my first manuscripts to an academic journal for publication consideration and received back the decision. Although the editor asked me to make revisions and resubmit the manuscript for further consideration, which was, in fact, a a good thing, the feedback from one of the reviewers was devastating to me and it was all I could focus on. Despite the fact that there were many suggestions to improve the manuscript, which meant I still had a chance to publish it, I still remember the phrase that, quote, much of the writing is awkward. In other words, my writing from this reviewer's perspective needed a lot of work. And this was devastating to me. This was embarrassing to me. At first, I felt defensive, coming up with reasons why the reviewer was mistaken. Yet, as I processed the feedback, I realized that I needed to accept the reality that my writing may need to be improved. I also remember asking God to help me improve as a writer, especially since I, at the time, wanted to conduct research, looking out into the future to help Christian communities improve their mental health. So there was a fork in the road, so to speak, at this point. I could ignore the feedback and press on, or even maybe give up on my academic writing. Or I could try my best to improve and grow as a writer. And for me, this last option was the best one and the one I chose. 
Although at the time I did not have the language of a growth mindset, I decided to embrace an attitude of growth rather than believing my writing could would permanently be awkward, which has led me down a path for the last 15 years or so of constantly trying to improve my writing so that I can hopefully have an impact within the field of psychology and beyond, assisting people who are struggling with the development of theory, research, and clinical considerations. So I realized that Writing was a really powerful medium through which to try to communicate ways to help communities to heal and grow, including Christian communities. And as a result, I needed to take seriously this idea that maybe the reviewer was onto something and maybe as a result, it was a blessing and I could grow because of it with God's help. And in this process, I also learned to ask God for help given I wanted to follow his plan for my life and recognized he was at the center and still is at the center of my experience. In an effort to grow, therefore, I've spent over a decade writing, constantly trying to improve, and I've paid particular attention to the writers I admire to better understand how they present their own ideas. Overall, although this feedback was embarrassing at the time and definitely induced shame, I was determined to receive it non-defensively and use it to improve and grow as a communicator through this medium of language, through this medium medium of written word. I was also determined to grow spiritually, trusting that God had a plan through this reviewer's feedback. And so with this story in mind, let's now turn to the mindset literature in secular psychology to get a better sense of the attitudes necessary to persevere and grow in the process in the midst of life's inevitable challenges. So as we think of mindset, the Stanford psychologist Carol Dweck has researched and written on this topic for over a decade. In her best-selling book, Mindset, The New Psychology of Success, she, she describes two different beliefs we can have about ourselves that may lead to two very different outcomes. The first set of beliefs and attitudes is called a fixed mindset, which includes the belief that our qualities, such as our personality or intelligence level, are already established and set in place as a trait with little room for change. And the second set of beliefs and attitudes, according to Dweck, is called a growth mindset, which includes the belief that our qualities can in fact change with hard work and determination. So they're not fixed by any means, and we do have the ability through hard work, determination, persevering to actually change them. For Christians, we might also add at this point that growth happens because of God's grace, which according to the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, is sufficient. So adopting and holding on to one of these mindsets can lead to a very different life and a very different outcome for life. If we have a fixed mindset, we are limited in terms of our psychological resources since we believe they're static and fairly unalterable. And we we may be constantly trying to prove ourselves to others and we might be critical towards ourselves. On the other hand, if we have a growth mindset which emphasizes the importance of ongoing development, we believe we can change via hard work, effort, practice, love of the process of learning, and getting help from those around us. 
and we believe we can overcome challenges. With this second mindset, a growth mindset, we may be much more likely to succeed and we may be less exhausted and more effective in our efforts in the process. So in terms of the ingredients, those with a growth mindset often have the following beliefs. Positive intellectual change is possible, regardless of the current intelligence we may believe we possess. So IQ isn't just this thing that's static, but we actually believe that. We have the opportunity to improve and grow and and expand our knowledge base, expand our intellectual capacities. Also, positive personality change is possible, regardless of our current personality. So we're not just stuck with a personality, but instead we believe we have opportunities to improve, grow, stretch, expand our personality traits for the better. Another belief, success is about learning and being challenged to grow. Also, the mind is assessing ways to learn and grow. So we're always thinking about ways to learn and grow in the midst of adversities. Another belief in a, with a growth mindset, if I put forth effort practice and I ask for help from others, I, I reach out to others for help, I can improve, grow, and, and succeed. And then another belief would be effort is more important than intelligence and personality. So it's more about the effort and hard work I put into something and the process of learning and growing and improving, not necessarily some fixed sense of uh, intelligence or personality. On the other hand, individuals with a fixed mindset tend to possess a variety of other beliefs. For example, although new things can certainly be learned, intelligence is pretty much fixed and can't change. Also, although behavior can change, certainly personality can't really be changed much. As another belief with a fixed mindset, success is about proving oneself and being perfect. And the mind is always, as a result, judging. A couple more beliefs here. If I don't have the natural ability, I shouldn't try because I won't succeed. And intelligence and personality are more important than effort. And we are limited resource-wise with our personality, with our intelligence, because they're fixed. We're born with them. There's a maximum capacity and we, as a result, shouldn't try beyond our limited ability. In terms of the relationship between mindset and mental health, theoretically at least, a growth mindset might protect us against ongoing psychological suffering, or a fancy term we might call it psychopathology. Disorders in the DSM-5 TR, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, like depression or anxiety. Because such individuals have an attitude that suggests change is possible, rather than believing we're stuck in our current state in some permanent manner. So a growth mindset might be protective against ongoing psychological suffering because we believe we have the opportunity to change and our hard work and determination can can contribute to change. In terms of the research on the relationship between mindset and mental health, a review of over 70 studies with a combined sample of over 17,000 research participants revealed a negative link between a growth mindset and psychological distress, with psychological distress including depression, anxiety, and stress. And a growth mindset was positively linked to active coping, 
meaning those who report a growth mindset also report being active in attempting to cope with problems in life rather than avoiding them. So we can clearly see a link between having a growth mindset and reporting fewer symptoms of things like depression, anxiety, and stress. And people who report having a a growth mindset also report that they're more active in their efforts to cope with life's adversities. In terms of research on interventions to improve mindset, research has revealed that interventions to develop a growth mindset have been successful in doing so with an added benefit of reducing psychological distress. So, for example, uh, among a sample of adolescents entering high school, a portion of the sample was taught the principles of a growth mindset, including the understanding that their personality characteristics can change for the better. Nine months after the interventions, researchers found a reduction of depressive symptoms for the growth mindset group. In another study among adolescents, one 20 to 30 minute growth mindset intervention, which included testimonial examples of other people with a growth mindset and an explanation of the principles of a growth mindset, some of the principles we talked about a minute ago, actually reduced depression and anxiety nine months after the intervention. So to summarize here, having the beliefs and attitudes that we can change can have an impact on how we live our lives, including our mental health. Whereas adopting and holding on to the belief that our intelligence and personality is fixed and we only have these limited resources to rely on may lead to self-criticism, chronic judging, avoiding challenges, and exhaustion. Given we're always trying to prove ourselves based on the perception that we are stuck with what we have, intelligence and personality-wise. So with this in mind, I'd like to explore a biblical understanding of a growth mindset, especially the idea that God is working in and through us to change us to be more like Christ, doing so with the Christian notion of sanctification. So although mindset isn't mentioned in the Bible per se, the Christian tradition has a lot to say about change, especially the process of sanctification. Arguably, this might be the important part after justification. So we're justified as Christians, we're made right with, we're reconciled to God through our union with Christ because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, the birth, life, death, and resurrection uh, of Jesus. So we're reconciled to God now, but that's only the beginning. In this world, as we now commune with God and walk with God and, and fellowship with God, We want to be more like Christ, and this happens through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so change, really, in the midst of adversities for Christians is about sanctification, being more like Christ. It's not about overly relying on intelligence or personality, but it's being Christ-like. So what is this mindset for Christians that maybe is equivalent to a growth mindset in the secular world? Well, I think sanctification helps us in this regard. It can be defined as, according to the Upper Room Dictionary of Christian Spiritual Formation, quote, the act and process of me being made holy. This same dictionary entry goes on to note, quote, with this call to holiness in mind, the New Testament emphasizes the believer's ongoing transformation to Christlikeness as the essential aspect of sanctification. 
So in the context of the Christian life, we are justified, that is, made right with and reconciled to God through our union with Christ, to then now being sanctified or being made holy and more like Christ, to eventually being glorified or to be eventually face-to-face with God in heaven. Along the way, day in and day out, we are to be made more like Christ through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, changing by way of God's grace, or if grace is simply defined as God's undeserved merit or favor. So in the context of our mindset discussion for Christians, the contrast is between a fallen self mindset or a fallen mindset attempting to walk on our, with, with ourselves on our own, making unilateral decisions versus a Christ mindset or walking with Christ, conversing with him and asking for him to help us to be more like him through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, with a fallen self mindset, we're on our own with a limited ability to change. Since we are finite and imperfect and we're relying on our own limited resources, maybe that's personality or intelligence or other perceived talents or skills. Whereas a Christ mindset involves being strengthened by Christ who resides within. And with this Christ-like mindset, we have the confidence that God is always at work within us which means we have hope that he has a plan for us for good, even when we have setbacks in life. And he is, along the way, attempting to make us more like him, to be made holy, to be made more like Christ. So when we experience obstacles, indeed, a Christ mindset involves walking with God through the challenge, recognizing we can't persevere because he's with us to see us through. We also recognize that because of God's grace, he is growing us by the day, which means we can have hope that we are in no way stuck in our current cycles, perceived failures, patterns, addictions, and so forth. In terms of themes of change in the Bible, we have a variety of examples. In Galatians 2.20, we read, quote, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In addition, in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we read that we have the mind of Christ. According to the Protestant theologian R.C. Sproul, quote, true transformation comes by gaining a new understanding of God, ourselves, and the world. What we are after ultimately is to be conformed to the image of Christ. We are to be like Jesus, though not in the sense that we can ever gain deity. We are not God-men, but our humanity is to mirror and reflect the perfect humanity of Jesus. To be conformed to Jesus, we must first begin to think as Jesus did. We need the mind of Christ. We need to value the things he values and despise the things he despises. We need to have the same priorities he has. We need to consider weighty the things that he considers weighty, end quote. So to reiterate, for Christians, we want to have a Christ, not just growth mindset, meaning we regularly ask, the que- ask questions like, quote, what does Jesus think about this? How might Jesus respond to this situation? How can I display the fruit of the Spirit, such as love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control? in the context of this challenging situation. 
How can I emulate Jesus as I respond to this challenging situation? How can I grow to be more like Jesus as I deal with life's inevitable challenges? And what is Jesus teaching me in this situation? Although we may struggle in terms of our fallenness, our personality, our limited talents and skills, our maybe limited intellectual ability, how can we use this opportunity in the here and now to be, with the help of the Holy Spirit, more like Jesus Christ in our thinking and corresponding behaviors as we attempt to solve the problem and persevere. For Christians, therefore, a growth mindset means we have the mind of Christ, responding in ways that honor God, recognizing that he is dwelling within us to give us strength, and recognizing he has a plan for us for even the most challenging situations, since he is infinitely good, wise, powerful, and present. And this is in contrast with a fixed fallen mindset, a fallen self mindset that unilaterally makes decisions, stays lost in hopelessness, and believes we are on our own with a limited set of skills. In terms of a classic spiritual practice to recognize Jesus Christ's role in our lives, including how we can practice thinking like Jesus, a Christ mindset, I'd like us to turn to the Celtic Christian tradition, focusing on the famous breastplate prayer attributed to St. Patrick. So Celtic spiritual writings emphasize the importance of recognizing God's omnipresence in all of creation with love as a central theme, as well as the notion that we are embodied with a physical form created by God. So, for example, in the context of daily life and work, one famous Celtic prayer reads, quote, Father, sanctify to me my speech. Father, sanctify to me my heart. Father, sanctify to me every wit in my speech and in my heart. As another example, breastplate prayers within the Celtic tradition, inspired by Paul's instruction to put on the full armor of God, mentioned in Ephesians 6.11, These breastplate prayers are a powerful reminder of God's omnipresence and the need for God's protection. I would say a Christ mindset as we walk with him through not trying to avoid or walk around life's adversities. So central themes among Celtic Christian works throughout the ages include an emphasis on the presence of the Trinity and Jesus' companionship as we walk through life, even during seemingly mundane tasks or activities. And so with this background in mind, in the context of today's discussion, I believe we can use breastplate prayers to shift from a fallen self, fixed mindset, to a Christ-like growth mindset, recognizing that Jesus is our traveling companion and therefore we are empowered by him to effectively respond to life's challenges. In other words, he provides us with the needed protection to persevere when we face the inevitable hardships of life. And along the way, he is helping us to be more like him, which is our central aim in this fallen, broken world. In my book, Christian Meditation and Clinical Practice, I wrote the following in reviewing the history and practice of Celtic breastplate prayers. Quote, in the Celtic Christian tradition, Breastplate prayers, the, that, the Latin word lorica, L-O-R-I-C-A, are prayers of protection 
inspired by the armor of Roman soldiers, with help us to call, which help us to call on the name of Christ, who is present in each unfolding moment, especially when we need to press on during difficult circumstances. Patrick, who lived in 5th century Ireland, offered the following breastplate prayer, which famously captures Jesus' presence as we endure the challenges of life. Christ beside me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ within me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ to the right of me. Christ to the left of me. Christ in my lying, my sitting, my rising. Christ in heart of all who know me. Christ on tongue of all who meet me. Christ in eye of all who see me. Christ in ear of all who hear me. In this powerful prayer, we can see Jesus' omnipresence with this recollection helping us to directly face life's most, most pressing challenges, whether internal or external. So now let's turn to the actual practice of this famous breastplate prayer, also quoted from my book, Christian Meditation and Clinical Practice, doing so in the context of shifting from a fallen self, fixed mindset, to a growth, Christ mindset in daily life. So to begin this exercise, find a quiet environment, free from distractions and excessive noise. Sit in a supportive, comfortable chair with your back straight to symbolize strength in the midst of hardship. Fold your hands in your lap as you prepare to begin. Now, when you're ready, follow along with the below steps in order to set out on your daily journey with an awareness that Jesus is walking by your side, shifting from a fixed, fallen self mindset to a growth Christ mindset. First, notice that or notice the thoughts that may lead to a fixed, fallen mindset in your life, such as, I can't do it because I'm not smart enough, or I won't be liked because I don't have the right personality. Just notice some of these thoughts that swirl around in your mind. Whether it's doubting your intelligence or your personality or limited talent, skills, or abilities. Just notice these thoughts that resemble a fallen self, a fixed mindset. Just acknowledge them. Now, shift your focus to these fallen, fixed thoughts before shifting to an awareness of Jesus' active, loving, powerful presence all around you. So we're shifting from a fixed mindset, a fallen self mindset, to a Christ mindset, a Christ-like mindset, which is one of growth. As we slowly pray Patrick's prayer, Christ beside me, Christ before me, 
Christ behind me. Christ within me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ to the right of me. Christ to the left of me. Christ in my lying, my sitting, my rising. Christ in heart of all who know me. Christ on tongue of all who meet me. Christ in eye of all who see me. Christ in ear of all who hear me. Now in vision that Jesus is your armor, protecting you in this very moment. In fact, he is below you and above you, to the right and left of you. He's inside you and outside of you. Also imagine that he is even in control of the people, events, and so forth in your life in each unfolding moment. And because of this, you can trust that he will walk with you through, not around, your most difficult moments throughout the day. Next, accept Jesus' protection in this very moment, focusing on him as you envision carrying out your day. Because he's with you, you do have the strength to improve and grow in this very moment and to become more like him. With Jesus' presence all around you and within you, you can confidently walk forward, accepting whatever struggles emerge in this moment and focusing on, as the top priority, being more like him no matter what happens in life. Displaying the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, peace, patience, kindness. Next, commit to holding on to this growth Christ mindset, living out the teachings of Jesus, forgiving your enemies, being responsive to those in need in a way that brings honor to him in your activities throughout the day, a servant mindset, a self-emptying mindset, a loving mindset, a self-sacrificial mindset. These are the priorities of the day as we attempt to grow to become more like him, which is our top priority. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes again and reorient yourself to your surroundings. So to conclude this episode, a fixed mindset is inherently limiting, given we hold on to the assumption that we have limited intelligence, talents, and skills, and an unchangeable personality, resulting in potentially hopelessness and passivity. Yet, as Christians, we are a new creation in Christ. Christ dwells within, and we are to have the mind of Christ. Although we still may be limited in what we can accomplish on our own, and we will inevitably have setbacks, we have a trustworthy traveling companion who is walking with us through the setbacks of life and ready to help us grow. The Christian process of sanctification, or to be made holy and more like Jesus Christ due to the work of the Holy Spirit, is essential in the Christian life and a growth mindset as we attempt to think and act like Jesus. 
So for Christians, a growth mindset involves recognizing that Jesus is with us each step of the way, abiding within us, aiding us, and becoming more like him in our thoughts and behaviors. And when we inevitably experience the challenges of life, we can have the confidence that we have a trustworthy traveling companion who will help us to get through it rather than being alone with limited resources and we have someone to emulate. Always trying to be more like Christ. So overall, a growth mindset for Christians involves recognizing that we have a source for our strength, Jesus Christ, which means we can confidently persevere in the face of challenges. And we're always growing. We're always changing. Focused on being more like Christ. Key questions to consider in the midst of adversity include, what are you teaching me right now, Jesus? How can I grow from this situation, Jesus? How can I be more like you, Jesus, in terms of my thoughts and actions in response to this challenge? Key practices for Christians may include breastplate prayers to aid us in holding on to a growth, Christ mindset, and recognizing Jesus is present in all situations, giving us strength to carry on, as revealed in Philippians 4.13. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. If you like this episode, please share it with others. Consider giving me a good rating on the various podcast platforms and join me again for another episode of The Christian Psychologist. Thank you.